0: Welcome to The Walk, a devotionals podcast led by worship leaders. Today, Charles Billingsley brings thoughts on finishing well, and guys seriously be sure you finish this podcast because there's so much good stuff. Okay, here we go.
1: I appreciate you listening today. A worship leader was kind enough to ask me to give you a little devotional, and uh, there's so many things I would love to share with you, but um, for some reason this morning, I just feel compelled to talk to you about how to finish strong. 2 mm-hmm. Timothy chapter 4 is a great starting place for where we'll talk from today. Um, let me just give you a little context. It's uh, It's 66 A.D., Uh, The Apostle Paul sitting in a dungeon in a Mamertine prison in Rome. It's cold. It's wet. Reeks of human waste and trash, and there's no beds, and there's no food, and there's no friends. No comforts. It's a former cistern that he's sitting in, so it's basically this deep hole in the ground. There's no ventilation except for a little small window towards the top, and actually you can go to Rome and and actually see this very room uh, even today. So Paul is sitting there in solitary confinement, and it's here that Paul is awaiting his imminent execution. And he doesn't know if it's gonna be in just a few days or several months down the road, but he knows he's not gonna be released this time. He's not getting out. He's at the end of his journey. And at some point, after writing uh, this letter to Timothy, Paul is taken out of the Maritime prison, and he's brought next door to what was called the Basilica Julia. And he's placed before a court that was built by Julius Caesar, where he would stand trial now before the Emperor Nero. And as a Roman citizen, he was granted a noble death of beheading, (laughs) uh, if you can call that noble. And he was taken outside of the city borders on the Appian Road, where he knelt down and placed his neck over a block, and with one swipe of the sword, he went from the imperial city of Rome to the eternal city of God. And it's in this prison and in these conditions that Paul wrote his very last letter to Timothy. Now, Nero was the emperor of Rome, of course, and He's this infamous crazy leader. He rose to power in 54 AD, and he was known for playing the fiddle while Rome was burning. Many believe he was the reason for the fire in Rome in 64 AD, and that took most of the city out. Regardless, it was a really convenient way to rebuild his palace, and it was also a convenient way to blame this small group of quote-unquote heathens in Rome for all the destruction. Of course, in Rome, the Romans considered Christians... Heathens, because they were monotheistic. They they believed in one God versus multiple gods. And so it gave Nero this great opportunity to torture and kill all the Christians he could find. And Peter and Paul were, of course, two Christians that fell victim to this great persecution uh, between 64 and 67 AD. Peter, of course, was crucified upside down. Paul, who was a Roman citizen, was beheaded just outside of Rome. And in the midst of all this, there's this young pastor named Timothy who's pastoring a church at Ephesus. Both Peter and Paul spent time in the same prison. It was the final stop for their trial and execution. And Timothy, who's many miles away, is aware of what's happening only because of word of mouth and, of course, this last letter. What makes this last letter of Paul so significant is that it was his final words. Uh, and final words, as you know, watching movies or whatever, carry a lot of weight. People hang on the last words of uh, of people. In fact, it's interesting to just Google famous last words. Here's a couple that are kind of interesting to me. Groucho Marx's last word as he lay dying was, he let out one last quip. He said, this is no way to live. <laughs> Uh, Joseph Henry Green, who was a famous surgeon, was checking his own pulse as he laid there dying, and his last word was, Stopped. That's, uh, (laughs) that's chilling, really. Uh, Michael Landon, famous actor, Christian actor, best known for his role in The Little House on the Prairie and another show that he had called Highway to Heaven. He died of cancer in 1991, and his family was gathered around his bed, and his son kind of leaned down to him, and he, and he, and he gave his dad permission. He said, it's time to move on, Dad. And Michael Landon said, you're right, son. It's time. I love you all. Those are powerful last words, you know. When I read the book of Second Timothy, I, I look at this as the final words of a dying man now the final words of a dying man always causes us to sit up and listen and listen to what Paul says in chapter 4 of verse 6 for I am already being poured out as a drink offering and the time of my departure is at hand I have fought the good fight I have finished the race and I have kept the faith finally there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness which the Lord, the righteous judge will give to me on that day and not to me only, but also to all those who have loved his appearing. Can I just give you a few little tips on how to finish strong? Not just in your life, but in your ministry, with your family, in all things that you do. First of all, just in and, and the outline is right there in verse seven for us. First of all, fight the good fight. Live your life with no retreats. Josh Chamberlain... Um, who was an amazing general in the Civil War, fought for the, the Union Army. Uh, there's a famous story where he, uh, with no bullets left and no and, and just bayonets, and, and, and about uh, a very small band of soldiers, I think he was down to like 70 soldiers, uh, had this uh, crazy uh, moment in the Battle of Gettysburg that literally turned the tide of the battle when he, in just a last-minute desperation move stood up on top of that stone wall and yelled for his men to charge well there was no bullets left and all they had was bayonets but the boldness of that move literally shocked All of the Confederate Army so severely that because they they thought, well, there's no way that this small band of soldiers would be this crazy to charge all of us, thousands of soldiers. So they literally turned and ran, and in that moment, it emboldened another part of the Union Army on their flank. And in the course of a few minutes, this small band of soldiers that Josh Chamberlain led had captured a thousand soldiers in the Confederate Army, and as a result, it turned the title of the war, which in turn, Determine the outcome of literally the future of our nation. It's amazing how one little moment like that, uh, Mark Batterson would call it 20 seconds of insane courage, how one little moment like that can change everything. And later on, they asked Josh Chamberlain about why he did something so crazy. And he said these words, I had within me the inability to do nothing. I had within me the inability to do nothing. Wow, to fight the good fight, to live your life with no retreats means you have that kind of mindset. It's been said that Christian life is not lived out on a playground, it's lived out on a battlefield, and that's very true. Every day you wake up and you need to remember that you're in a war. Bullets may not be flying, but fiery darts are. They're coming from the evil one. You will be tempted. You will be stressed. You will be confronted and have to confront. Satan would love nothing more than to see another soldier leave the battlefield because you've been wounded by moral failure or an addiction or abuse or even apathy that sets in. But you don't just want to fight. You want to fight the good fight, is what Paul says. So what is the good fight that Paul's talking about? Well, the fight for the faith, both publicly and privately. Every decision you make in the middle of the battle will be what eventually determines the result of the battle. Remember Josh Chandler. And you want to win the battle. Now, all battles are part of a war, but as a Christian, you can rest assured that you are on the winning side. The war is already won. That's the big picture, and that's the best news of all. But for you personally, how are you doing in the battle? Are you winning your own personal battle against sin? I I love racquetball. I love golf. And one thing I've learned about playing sports is a little acronym called WIN, W-I-N. What's really sets great athletes apart from average ones is the ability to forget what lies behind and focus on exactly what's important now. That's what that acronym is, W-I-N, what's important now. If I make a bad shot in racquetball or lose a point, I can't dwell on that because another point is right now in play. I need to focus on that point that moment right now. So you have to ask yourself this question before you sacrifice your entire future or your testimony on the altar of temporary gratification. Is what I'm about to do right now really worth it? And will it cause me to not be able to finish strong? Is it worth it? What's important now? You can win against sin, but you have to have the mindset of a warrior, a soldier of the cross.
0: I'm going to jump back in and give us a beat to process. There's so much to think about here. Let's take a moment and meditate on 2 Timothy 4, 6-8. For I am already being poured out like a drink offering, and the time of my departure is near. I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. Quickly, before we go back to Charles, the crew here at Authentic Media and Worship Leader Magazine are so grateful to you for listening, and we have a favor to ask. Could you subscribe? Could you leave us a review on your favorite podcast network? Both of those things really help us get the word out about what we're trying to do here with these devotionals. Thanks. Thanks. Now back to Charles as he uncovers exactly what winning really means.
1: So you can choose to fight about anything, but to fight the good fight means a few things. First of all, we got to choose our battles carefully, don't we? Don't waste your time fighting about things that don't matter. Choose to fight for the good things, like your family's well-being, your children's education, who or what has influence in your life and their life. Fight for what's decent, what's righteous, what's holy, what's moral. Fight for justice, fight for peace, fight for freedom, and certainly fight for the faith. There's a battle raging in our nation. I don't know if you've noticed, but we cannot afford to just talk about it. we got to do something, folks. Remember, this battle is fueled by the supernatural powers of darkness who want nothing less than the total destruction of all that is godly and all that is good. Soldiers don't meet on the battlefield to chat. you got to be prepared to fight. The good fight. And let me assure you, it is worth the effort. So fight the good fight for all that is right and decent in the world, for all that is godly. And secondly, be prepared for battle. You've got to remember the battle is not with flesh and blood, but against, what does Ephesians 6 say? Against principalities and against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. The Christian life is a fight against a never-ending struggle against evil. It is not an earthly military campaign, but a spiritual battle against Satan. This is why we must take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand the evil of the day. And by the way, it is every day. So you're going to need some equipment. And you know the equipment. You can go to Ephesians 6 and read it for yourself. The helmet of salvation, the shield of faith, the breastplate of righteousness, the boots of peace, and the belt of truth. This is how you got to get dressed every morning before you even put your jeans on. Put on the shield, the helmet, the breastplate, the boots, the belt of truth. Be prepared for battle. And thirdly, fight from our knees. The best way to win the battle against the evil one and the evils of our society is in and through the power of the Holy Spirit. You know the song that Phil Wickham wrote, So when I fight, I fight on my knees with my hands lifted high. Oh God, the battle belongs to you. So pray like it depends on God, work like it depends on us, and remember that your primary weapon is the love of Jesus. But mercy and grace and peacemaking and wise words and gentle answers and forgiveness are also really powerful weapons as well. So here's the good news. You have no need to fear. You're on the winning side. So jump in the battle. Fight the good fight for his kingdom, for the faith, every day, And do it for the rest of your life. You see, the key to finishing strong is what Eugene Peterson said. It is a long obedience in the same direction. So how do you fight the good fight? You win one single battle at a time. Like it or not, you're in a war for your soul. And this is not a war you can afford to lose. So now live your life in the confidence that he will help you overcome. Fight the good fight. No retreats. Secondly, keep the faith. Live your life with no regrets. And let me give you one more thing. Thirdly, finish strong. Finish your race with no reserves. There was a, a race in ancient Greece. It was the, called the Lampa de it was uh, one of the first races ever created. And in this race, the runners held a torch in their hand and they passed it on to the next runner. It was sort of the beginning of what we would know as a relay in the Olympics now. And, of course, the final member of the team crossed the finish line. But here's the difference. The prize winners, they were not awarded the prize for being the fastest team. It was awarded to the first team to reach the finish line with their torch still can I just tell you something the pressure is off you don't have to be finishing your life rich or famous you don't have to be the best or the most successful the big boss or the most popular all God wants you to do is finish faithful finish with your torch still lit live each and every moment to his glory and his alone And you'll reach the end of your journey one day. And I believe that God will look at you and say, well done, good and faithful servant. God bless you.
0: Here's Ephesians 6, 12 to 13, which Charles referenced. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. Thank you, Charles, for an incredible devotional. You can learn more about Charles over at WorshipLeader.com. Thanks to Matt McCarty for his work producing and editing today's podcast. Our theme song is by Jacob Fairclough. The Walk is brought to you by Worship Leader Magazine, an authentic media brand. Charles has a new album out called The Shadow of Your Smile. And here's a clip from one of the songs. It's called You'll Never Walk Alone. I'm Joshua Swanson. Thanks for listening.
1: or go to joshuafund.com to listen and subscribe.